If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in studio in VC Productions in Nashville, Tennessee. We are the Goat Consulting Podcast. We serve it up in a way that you can get it, like Waffle House. Yes. In our 20s, they teach us to get in the game. In our 30s, they teach us to move up in the game. In our 40s, we try to stay in the game because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. In our 50s, what the research says is we finally ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? And in GOAT, sports and sports, GOAT is easy to see. They're recognized for their greatness. They elevate the player of those around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy, creating new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And we've got a great guest today that I think is indicative and represents all those things. Tyler is on the road. 86, Tyler. He's not here. Tyler, where are you? He's not in the seat. But to the left, as always, my good friend John Byers. He is the calming force to our show and, and lately been responsible for bringing in so many great guests like like the guest today, Robbie Allen. So, Robbie, we're glad that you're here with us today. John finds and meets people. I call him the mayor of Brentwood. Wherever he goes, he just finds incredible people and says, hey, I've got this podcast that I didn't even really want to do a long time ago, but now I love it. Will you come please be a part of it? So we, thank you, for, we thank you for being here. And uh, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, John. Yeah, thank <laughs> let, you. Let you do what you do and get some popcorn and kind of hang out. So have at it. Well, before we uh, we officially welcome Robbie into the goat we, bosom. Yes, uh, we need to uh, thank uh, Dev oh, Digital for sponsoring us. Yes, Dev, <laughs> so good to us. Thank you for that. So Robbie Allen is the uh, CEO of One GI. He's an entrepreneur. He uh, sold a company, Neuro Matrix, probably others. That's one that you could uh, you could easily find a healthcare tech firm. Here's what I love about uh, you, Robbie, that you I think shared this about yourself. You said my superpower is building and empowering amazing leaders and teams that are both materially successful and deeply connected to the purpose and people in the organization they serve. And to me, that la- the heart of it is what you, how you wrap that sentence up. I added to this that you are also a master poker player. If, that, if there is a certain <laughs> level of mastery, you've reached it. So we're going to talk about that. You've played with some world champions, including one of my favorite and your friend, Annie Duke. Um, uh, you, and, and I love, I think we're going to also talk about how you've used lessons from those days of poker domination, uh, as I might add to lead teams, as you've called it game theory. And, uh, so we're going to talk more about that, but welcome to the show. So great to have you. You're, uh, all you're traveling around the world. Where are you at the moment? I'm in Columbus, Ohio today, so I have to shout out an OHIO to my wife. This is her this is her alma mater. This is where she loves to watch football. It's a little jarring to me, but I'll I'll chip in and be on the team here. Do today, your part. So. Do your part. He even did the <laughs> OH. Right. I know, I know, I know. Well done. 
someplace exotic <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio. That's right. Well, Robbie, thank you for joining us. I've been thrilled to have you, and, and we've gotten to know each other a little bit and really admire the your background, the work that you do, and a lot of the things that will probably come out along the way of our, of our chat today. Um, before we go down there, though, maybe you can just briefly catch us up on how you got to today, and maybe even specifically within two things. Colby, you kind of tee this up as – what, 80% of our... Life's defining moments happen before age 35. So what what is this one yeah. defining moment? And then, but start with your question about... Well, so, we, you know, one of the things I have enjoyed asking uh, of our guests uh, just more recently, actually, the last month or so, is give us your best childhood memory. Yeah, take us way back. My best childhood memory, goodness. Oh, or, or maybe your worst. <laughs> or worst, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how most people can go to their worst pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, they oh, take yeah. A while to think. yeah. Probably my kids. Um, you, people, you ask people about love, they tell you about heartbreak. You know how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I I have a lot of good childhood memories, but I think probably one of my my very favorites, my dad was a, a Navy pilot, aviator. So he was gone a lot when I was a kid. And when he would come home, and he would be off cruise after being in the Mediterranean for a year, wherever he was, uh, I would have been about six or seven. We would go to the base and I would get to sit in the simulators, which at that point in time, I thought were the most advanced simulators in the world. And they were, but they were, you know, LED dot matrix kind of real cockpit. But that was about as far as it went. They wouldn't turn on the motion. I wasn't allowed to move around in them, but I was allowed to pretend like I was flying the jets with all of my dad's naval aviator peers and they would have been in their early 20s at the time so <laughs> they were not a whole lot older than i was so we had a lot of fun doing that i, I have very fond memories of that hmm. that's very interesting yeah yeah so the, setting the stage uh, for for you to move into developing the superpowers that you did along the way yeah what about uh what about this one defining moment is there something that set the trajectory for you prior to 35 where you said hey this is this is the direction that i want to go in you know, there is, and it's, I wish it was a happier story. I, um, I went to school in upstate New York for the first part of college and I was on an air force ROTC scholarship. So they were paying the way. Um, I went to a school called RPI, which has a distinction of having a male to female ratio at the time of something like a hundred to one. Um, it felt like it, I think it was actually 20 to one or something, um, in Troy, New York. So just a lovely cosmopolitan yes, town at the time. upstate New York, um, <laughs> Utica, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, it was a good place to be from, uh, a lot harder than I thought it was. As somebody who skated through high school <laughs> without cracking a book, suddenly I was amongst people who were talking openly about reinventing the periodic table and. This is in freshman year. So outclassed, outgunned, um, and frankly, just unmotivated. Uh, turns out I really didn't appreciate the military the way that I thought I might. It wasn't the same military that I remember as a seven-year-old with my father. So I would kind of interact and do stupid things in formation. And at one point, basically, they came and said, look, there really aren't class clown positions anymore in the military. So we're going to cancel your scholarship. Wow. Wow. which was a little rough uh, yeah. because there was no way I could afford RPI, not at the time. And so that led to me having to figure out what to do with not a great GPA. So if 
for those of you that are, are thinking with kids in school, that high school GPA counts until the day you start college. Yeah. After that, it's your college GPA. Right. <laughs> Even though you got in somewhere great, if you screw it up, ooh, it's really hard to kind of mm. claw your way back. So how old so, were you at this moment? And then what did you do? I would have been about 20, 21. Right. Um, and so we had to make some decisions. I had to kind of think through what I was going to do. And I say it was defining because I came back home and I had been admitted to Georgia Tech and a lot of other schools. So I went straight to Georgia Tech and said, hey, and they took one look at my GPA and said, yeah, we don't really do academic bankruptcy here. Um, <laughs> you know, here's what you need to do. You're going to need to go and take basically this year of classes yeah. and get all A's in them. And then maybe we'll let you into tech. So that really didn't work well for me. So I went to four different colleges around the Atlanta area, mostly then what we would call junior colleges. And I missed half of each class most of the days driving between the colleges to take them all in one semester mm. um, and got all A's um, and came back in a couple months later <laughs> into the admissions office and said, here you go. And I think they were a little floored and a little perturbed and, but they, they let me in. So I think what I needed to understand and the, and look, the universe keeps putting this lesson in front of me every month. I'm not nearly as smart as I think I am. And hard work will trump talent and, and brains every day, and including for me. <laughs> so sure. I, I think we prize, you know, the unique solution that somebody pulls out of their head on the spot. It, it really, it taught me that everybody with enough hard work can get in there and make a difference, including myself in areas that I didn't think I could. So it was kind of my redemption period that let me get enough confidence to then take the steps that led to starting some businesses and moving forward in a whole different trajectory. One of the things I talk about our kids and I try to remind myself often, and, and let's not, let's not mistake what I'm about to say is because um, I was getting all A's um, in high school <laughs> or, you know, convincing Georgia Tech that I belong there um, with that kind of smarts. But I talk to our kids and remind myself all the time of hard work, no matter there's so maybe not no matter what you want to do, because I don't know that I believe that, but there's so much in life that we can overcome with extra effort, right? And outperform certain people that things come naturally to them if we work harder than them. Eventually those that will likely cross sect, right? And we will we will advance in, in really unique ways. So can you Maybe say that how you said it once again. You said the, the lesson the universe keeps putting back in front of me. I like that. <laughs> hard work hard work will trump you know, brains and flashes of brilliance every day of the week. It really will. And hard work is really what you want more of. Uh, brilliance is only good in the moment of brilliance. Hard work is good over time. And I think that lesson was really tough for me. At what point did, did poker come into your life? Poker came in in college. Uh, we needed spending money, and we were all engineering students. Math plays, as you might imagine, fairly heavily into engineering. And MIT fraternity brothers were going and doing blackjack rings, and several of my fraternity brothers, we loved to play poker. And so we, would, we knew when there were conventions in town down in Atlantic City, and we would possibly borrow some of the older brother's IDs and we would go and 
we would clean out the convention ears. Um, not necessarily playing <laughs> together in a coordinated way, just playing good solid poker. <laughs> playing the way you know how to play. Good solid exactly. poker. What it what it makes me think of as you're talking about that and that is that moment uh in Hangover where Zach Galifianakis like goes down and like all the numbers are just coming in the background. Yeah. Like, kind of like the Matrix. Like that's what yeah. it. That, as you were telling the story, that's what was playing in my head. <laughs> I wish it was that glamorous. You know, back in the day, it was an easier game. All the conventioners were drinking. They all had cash. You didn't really have to be that good at the game. You just had to play solid strategy. Uh, today's game, and I, I think are highly uh, sophisticated, incredibly, and it 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 grows and varies. Every year, every year that I go out and play a tournament, I'm amazed at the nature of the game and the way that it's changed and how many iterations forward and very clearly reminded that lack of practice means that you lose those skills very quickly. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, a previous conversation with Jason Pfeiffer and pattern making. Mm. That's what poker is, right? Well, I mean, what what he's describing when he said the universe keeps putting this in front of me is... We had a guest, Jason Fiverr, who said that all of us are born with pattern making. And just some people have the ability through their own experiences or their own choice to acknowledge that, see it for what it is, and then build on what he called vertical thinking versus horizontal thinking. And when I when I hear you tell that story of version one to version two to version three, mm-hmm. and obviously these these companies that you've built along the way, I think I think your story is a great example of that, of of pattern thinking and taking this pattern to build the next pattern to build the next pattern. That's good. I like that. Actually. I think that, I think that's on point. I think that is exactly what you, what you see play out um, in people who have enough sort of EQ and internal awareness, self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to talk more about that, but one of the ways that we honor our guests, Robbie, is we ask them to give us their own definition of a goat. And with all of your experience in life and business and the world that you've lived in, I can't wait to hear yours. So please uh, share it. Share it with the world. <laughs> and did you meet them in Troy, New York? <laughs> you know, I've, I've met a I've lot of I've been to Troy, New York. Day. It is not a place that you want to spend a whole lot of time, much less go to a military school. So oh, wow. I could easily understand why you decided enough of this. I'm moving on to the next thing. <laughs> Is that close to yeah. that military base where they did Woodstock 99? <laughs> is it close to there? And I seriously doubt any of those bands are on his playlist. But we'll wait to the we'll wait to the end to see if he listens to uh Porn. Oh, gee whiz. Where is Peter Paul yeah. and Mary when you need them? Oh, I know. Goodness, man. I, I don't know. I, you mentioned the, the decades in the beginning, and I what what is what's after fifty? I mean, yeah. Well, sixties. Sure you know, I've I've been asked that, and if fifties, you say this is what you really want, in the sixties, you get it and do it. So that's that's ah. what, yeah yeah. A sixty-year-old told me that, and I said I'm going to add that to the. I'm going to add that to the show. You're part of the show now. So in the 60s, maybe I need to add that. And by the way, in the singles, uh, one of our guests said in their singles, what did he say about the singles and doubles? You have fun when you're in the doubles. It's all about having fun. You don't have to worry about credit card payments or house payments. Davey, what did he say? This is where you enter. Yeah, Davey. Get your (laughs) mic on. 
I genuinely can't remember what he was saying. Oh, oh he genuinely on. can't remember. <laughs> okay. At least you were kind about it. Well, we'll uh, we'll get back to that. But yeah, in your sixties, you get it and do it. So there you go. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So your definition, Robbie Allen's definition of a goat. All right. I, that, so I, I've met a lot of goats. Um, I Ooh. think, but I think when I look at what I think a goat is, and it doesn't have to be a person. That's it's correct. somebody or yeah. something. That fundamentally everything after them about whatever domain that person or thing is in is is forever altered. Mm. So when you think about and you can think of lots of those things, right? You can think you know, Tiger Woods to golf, right? That golf is a, just a fundamentally different game now than it was before he got there. Um, on a whole bunch of levels, leave mm. leave racial diversity out of the game. It just he plays the game, played it very differently. Um but when I think of that definition, there's a bunch that come to mind. But one that I in sports that I I really admire is Serena Williams. Mm, well played. Um, just on every level, um, she's a force. And tennis is forever different. I'm, I'm reminded of a time I was I was younger and I was on an airplane home from Rome. I was at a medical meeting, and this very tall gentleman came and sat next to me. We were in business class flying home and everybody on the plane knew who this guy was. And finally I said, all right, I have to ask who, who are you? <laughs> he said, Michael, well, Michael my Jordan. Name, I'm not, my name's no, Michael no. Jordan. <laughs> he would have been in the G5 next door on the, on the tarmac, but um, it was Todd Martin. Todd Martin. And he, Todd Martin was a tennis player. Really good tennis player, yeah. and we just talked. It was one of those horrible flights where we were delayed on the tarmac for eight hours before we took off on our 10-hour flight home. And I was asking him about tennis, and I said, is anybody changing the game? You know, I remembered McEnroe and Borg playing and Jimmy Connor screaming and yelling at everybody in the stands, but I asked, what's new? And he said, well, there's – in the men's game, he gave some examples. And I said, what about the women's game? And he said, well, two are. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes – there are two that are changing the game. And this was early when they were starting. <laughs> and he said, one of them is going to change the world of tennis. Oh, wow. um, and that was before any of them had done anything of note. What year so, around, what, what year was this? This would have been, gosh, this would have been somewhere in the uh, 2000 plus or minus three to four years. So this would have been early in Serena's wow. career. Um, very early in Serena's career. Venus, I think, her sister had already won something, and Serena right. was coming up. So, and it's very ooh, timely you that you shared her. I mean, she was on my list of goats to share along the way uh, because she just retired. I mean, she's just—I think everything how you described her is very forceful. Like she, and I love your definition, and she fits it beautifully. Someone or something that forever after that which comes, or they alters that which comes after them yep butchered that a little bit but that's close enough i mean close. i thought you did a nice job well, that's very nice. i thought you did too I, I, you, I mean it was a little biden-esque but <laughs> jeez <laughs> zero <laughs> so, we get to talk about politics too? Oh, boy. all right this is gonna be fun <laughs> zero to nine begin the game 10 to 19 enjoy the game you get into the game 10 to 19. The game. 10 to 19. Enjoy the game. Got it. Hence, Spencer like Tomset. Spencer, we shout out to you down at He's the good. University of Alabama, the capstone, the womb of greatness. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> I'm going to stay out of that discussion too. Yeah. So I'll let you have that one. It's <laughs> a good call. Well, I think I think we can. Uh, you know, will you stick around with us for the, the back half of this conversation? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, we'd of love course. to. We'd love to spend some more time with you, Robbie, and and learn about those different iterations as you as you grew each company and and the things that you learned along the way. Um, yeah, and I really am excited to talk about how how you have um, inserted your lessons and years of playing the game of poker into now being a CEO. So some cool stuff to to unpack here. Yeah, poker, absolutely. Poker patterns and so much more. We mm. look uh, we look forward to spending some more time with our good friend Robbie Allen for Tyler, who is out playing baseball somewhere, and John Byers. I'm Colby Jubinville, and this is the Goat Consulting Podcast. Boom. Oh.